Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Many of us define success financially. Others by stature in the community or name recognition in a certain field. However, it seems as we get older and hopefully wiser, we the majority of us, whether we're successful financially or have attained a high status, tend to think of success in the terms of the quality of our relationships. My father once told me that no one on their deathbed wishes they would have spent more time at work. We do, however, wish we would have spent more time with our family and friends. We often regret not having had better relationships with our parents, siblings, children, spouses, and others. Having healthy relationships has even been proven to be an indicator of success in careers and linked to improved mental health and physical health. There's even evidence that seems to indicate that strong social relationships are key to avoid and even help cure addictive behavior. To that end, our guest today is somebody who has devoted her life to helping people with their relationships. Daphne is a mother of four, a wife of 28 years, and is currently counselor at two primary schools and runs a business called Changing Lives Counseling and Consulting Services. Welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here today, Daphne. Thanks for having me, Matt. So, full disclosure, Daphne, the silly, <laughs> you just don't, don't make silly faces at me, young lady. Daphne Faciliu and I have known each other for about 15 years. Uh, tell me a little bit about what your kids are up to. Well, um, I've got, well, the four kids. Um, so, I've got two girls. They're in, um, one's a primary school teacher recently this year, and my eldest She's is, 22 now, isn't she? She's 26. Oh, wow. Oh, 26. Yes, wow. going 26. Okay. So, and then the um, youngest is recently started being a teacher um, at St. David's. Uh -huh. So, this is her first year. And then I've got the boys who own their own software company in partnership, um, and they're Froth Apps on O'Connell Street. Cool. So what what is busy. it called again? Froth Apps? Yeah, Froth Apps. How do you spell that? F-R-O-T-H. And, and then they did an app for you, didn't they? They absolutely did. So um, the app that I've been wanting to do for a few years now was a guided meditation app because uh -huh. being in the field of counseling, I see a lot of clients come and go and it's about having that busy mind and calming the mind down. Oh, so wow. I wanted to create an app where they can sort of sit down and train their brain on how to calm the mind. So through guided meditation, we've also got um, podcasts on wellbeing topics and then we've also got uh, a fitness tab, which I've partnered up with Kick and Box at Stepney, and they do um, some fitness videos. Oh, wow. So, so how do they get this app? What's it called? So the app's called Changing Lives. Um, it's on Google Play and um, App Store. Okay. Yeah, so at the moment, I've got about eight free meditations on there, guided meditations, which also includes the fitness, which there's a free 
um, under every tab. Um, but then there's a paid subscription for monthly and yearly. But yeah. there's, I was on there. There's more than just like meditation. There's stuff about depression. There's stuff about what I mean. Yeah. So what I did um, to make it easy to know what to listen to. Uh-huh. Look, it's it's careful. I've got to be careful not to diagnose people. But if they're feeling depressed, de- depressed, you know, sad mood, they can click under the depression uh-huh. tab, and there's a whole heap of meditations which are around depression and how to help you get into that better headspace. The same with anxiety, self harm. There's um, uh, anxiety. Did I say that? I can't remember. So self esteem is a big one. Um, motivation. There's also um, a tab on motivation to help you get motivated in the mornings. Oh yeah. wow. And of course as a counselor you would you would say that's not going to replace uh you know any therapy or Absolutely anything not. your doctor no. would do but it's an extra tool in the kit. Yes, sure is. No, um nothing's um it's there for your own benefit to use but if you certainly have got any symptoms or you are unwell it's best to speak to a health professional, go to your GP, get the medical side checked and yeah and see a health professional cool yeah well there's so many ways you're helping people you know you're helping out adults in your business and and your work you're helping out people in education and 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 your new app i want to dig into all of them but can you tell me a little let's start with the business so who are you helping out like okay so i have a variety of people walking through the door Mm -hmm. um from young children families and adults and they will come in with a variety of issues that they want to or challenges that they face that they want to work with mm-hmm. um and i basically work around um a lot of what comes through is like working on healthy relationships self-esteem building self-esteem and that's mainly a lot of it is actually in adults um anxiety comes through all ages um got low mood feeling stuck not knowing as an adult where to head where they are in life or who they are so it's um unpacking all that i've got um quite a few clients with the autism spectrum um, got weight management, do a bit of weight management, and I have a lot of workplace bullying, would you believe? Hmm. So that's another topic I work with. So if we go back, you said, so there's a lot of people that you're helping in a lot of different ways. So the which ones are are, are you seeing the most of? Who, who, who's needing the most help right now out there, mm. at least, that you're seeing? Yeah, relationship counseling. Relationship so that, counseling. that could okay. be anything from partners having issues in their relationship mm-hmm. or um, having problems with their parents or children. Um, yeah, it's how to build on those relationships. So let's talk a little bit about relationships with our significant other because mm. that's something that's so important in all of our lives. Um, so what what are you finding? I mean, what are the big challenges people are having out there and and how can you help them solve help them help themselves yeah, solve them? Absolutely. They do have to help themselves. But believe it or not, the biggest issue is having good listening skills mm. and well, communication strategies. It's learning the basics of communication. How do I communicate um, in a way that I'm not going to get my partner upset or that family member upset? So, What do you yeah. think about the idea that you know a lot of men and women – Okay, say is that, oh, well, I should be able to be myself with them. I shouldn't have to candy coat things. Why do I have to talk to them like a child? You know, what do you think of that whole philosophy when people say things like that? Well, the thing is, um, we can't control our external environment. We can only control how we react to situations. So if you're talking down to your partner, mm. you have to look at why are you looking talking down to your partner? They're not mm-hmm. your child. Mm-hmm. They're equals with you and you should be working together as a partnership, not you know, having that 
you know, do this, do that. Well, they're an adult. They know what they need to do. Mm-hmm. You can remind them, but you don't have to go on and on about it. But it's also bringing it back to yourself and saying, well, I feel hurt when you do this, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, no one can take away how you feel. You can't say, oh, well, you did this. Because if you throw judgment on that person, they're mm-hmm. straight away going to get their back up and they're going to get mm-hmm. upset and that's going to create an argument. Well, what I was trying to say, and I probably wasn't you know, expressing it well, but what I was asking you about was it seems to me, and, and maybe I do this the wrong way, okay, but okay. my philosophy on <laughs> okay. it, and you can help me here, okay? So, so, but my philosophy is that you know, I should have the best of me for my wife and children, mm-hmm. you know, the most patience okay. with them. Then, you know, as a business owner, my key people, you know, then the other employees, mm-hmm. then, you know, the customers, and probably I shouldn't say that because we're supposed to say customers are most important. I don't believe that. I think the employees are. Um, and then by the time I get to the guy that cuts me off on the highway, I got nothing left. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems to me we should be more tactful with our partners, not less. Okay. I mean, do you b- believe that or no? Well, what you're telling me, <laughs> and I'm diagnosing no, what, what you're telling me is that sounds like a bit of burnout for yourself. Okay. You're getting to the point where you're not looking after your own self-care. Oh, okay. And then by the time you're getting home, you're angry and frustrated and things aren't going to go your way. And because you would let your guard down when you get home, that's your safe space. That uh-huh. should be your safe space uh-huh. to be who you are. Um, that's why you're letting loose on your wife or no, husband. No, no, I'm that saying what I'm not letting loose oh, on Oh, you're not? What I'm well, saying is, okay, I haven't heard that one before. Is, usually- what I'm saying is I try to... If I'm, if I, 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 I save all my patience for my ch- children and my wife. Well, you're one and in then, a million, then, Matt. Then, Matt, then, you're and, one in a million. And then the next one I save patience for is my key employees. Then the normal employees. Then... The customers, and you know, because I can lose it with them sometimes. Okay. And then, and then the people on the road, I, you know, whatever. I have very little patience for it all. So, because I figure, you know, you save it for the most important people. Pareto principle. You don't believe that, or you think? Well, to be honest with you, I've never had anyone that came oh, okay. in and said they send give all the love to their family. Well, I just look, try you, to- you do look, you do become and. All right, we'll talk about this later. But the thing is, you do become yourself when you you go home because, like I said, it's your safe environment. Uh-huh. And when you're outside of work, you're usually putting on a facade. You're keeping it together okay. the best you can. So maybe, I don't know about you. Maybe I was. I don't know. Too long. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. For Thirty years. Maybe yeah, 40, that's why. Five years. So yeah, I didn't have to. and you do have to. You know, looking forward to coming home and playing with your your child, mm. your children, and spending that quality time is very important. We're social creatures. We we need that connection and touch. Mm. So. Um, what what uh, what other challenges? I mean, what what are the ways you're helping people with their relationships? So, um, other than communication. So, communication, building on their resilience, and also helping them find who they were before. Like, who were you before you met each other? Uh-huh. Bring that person back because I think we become comfortable and um, we forget who we are. We we continue going to work, coming home, paying the bills, doing the house chores doing those things which are not fun. So it's about re, re-finding yourself. Keep doing the things that you enjoy, your hobbies, um, interests. If you do a bit of self-care, then that that helps you find you and you're not so consumed in what your partner's doing wrong because you're focusing on building up yourself. And that's mm. what it's about. It's working on ourselves to be the best version of ourselves, not focusing on your partner and what he's doing wrong, mm. but figuring out, okay, what could I be doing better? Mm. If I'm calm and relaxed, then that's what I'm going to give. 
So, so basically, you're saying square yourself away, and then uh, that'll help up your whole your relationship. Yeah. yeah, it is. And you know what? If you're feeling angry and frustrated, you need to walk away and revisit that conversation when you're in a calm manner. Because yelling and you know having bad words against each other is not going to solve a problem. And there's always every problem there is a solution. Mm. Mm. You just got to do it in a calm way. Mm. I always try to picture in my head whenever I have a problem that I have two buckets. One's got petrol in it. One's got sand on it, sand in it, and then there's a fire, and I can choose which one to throw. Okay. <laughs> and, and sometimes I'm naughty when my wife is upset with me. I know what I say next is going to make it worse, and I'll throw some petrol on it. But I usually try to throw sand on it. Try and throw sand. Well, there has to be, yeah. There has to be someone who's going to walk away, and it's like yeah. learning those things. All right. Well... Yeah, that's some great insights there. Um, we're going to come back with, with you in a little bit because I'm really excited to hear about the stuff that you're doing with the children, uh, you know, how you're helping them uh, with anxiety and all these other challenges that they're facing that weren't as big a deal for us when Absolutely. we were growing up. Absolutely, yeah. So we'll be ba- right back here in a little bit with Daphne. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're here with Daphne Vassiliou, Director of Changing Lives Counseling and Consulting Services. And in the last session, we talked about, or actually over the break, you were talking about how it's important to fit your own mask first and then assist the others. Uh, so, own oxygen mask. Own oxygen so, mask, yes. Yeah, because if you're burnt out, tired, fatigued, you're not going to be the best version of you. And mm. you're probably going to take that out on someone else. So, it's important to have your own self care. Um, and looking after yourself first. One of the things that you mentioned that you focus people focus working with people on is helping them figure out who they are. How do you do that? Okay, sometimes I do have people coming in saying that they're stuck and they don't know who they are, what they're wanting in life, and they're not sure if they're happy in work. Um, so I basically tell them to create a vision board and put their goals on there. Do it like a five-year goal. Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be in five years? If you're not happy where you are, what are the what are the other things that you can maybe be happy in? What do you, do you need to do extra study? What what do you want? It's just about asking yourself what you want to do and how to get there and making that yeah step by step plan. Mm. So what uh, you you talked a little bit before about how you help parents with their kids uh-huh. and and that whole relationship. How do you how do you how do you where do, do you that? where do you go with that? I mean, <laughs> okay, so know. okay, a lot of the times, I guess, um, again, like we said, if the parents are stressed and frustrated, they're going to take it out on the kids. It's building those relationships, um, being the parent parent remaining the parent and the child being the child but also giving them that flexibility that you know their feelings are validated and normalizing if they're feeling upset or sad or whatever it is instead of getting angry with them and sending them off to their room or punishing them for something obviously children can't communicate and their way of communicating is either by um, hitting screaming crying Throwing tantrums, there's obviously a reason behind that behavior. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of communicating with them and finding out what they're feeling and why they're feeling the way they're feeling. But always reminding them and remembering that they are the adult at the end of the day and they call the shots. Mm. So you work with uh, people that are – you work with – like how old are the kids and the parents you work with usually? Okay. So I work with a variety. Um, So I've worked with teenagers in high school age 
with parents and a lot of that is they're saying, oh, my parents are too strict or they're yelling at me for not putting my uniform away and or my room's a mess and constantly on my back and it's like or they're getting, you know, identifying them like, how do you say it, um, trying to show who they are by maybe putting an earring or doing their hair, hair a certain way and the parents are like saying that's not good enough, that's not acceptable. So it's about saying, okay, to the parent, well, look, this is their space. Why are you getting frustrated and angry? If It's coming to a compromise. Mm-hmm. If that's their space, let them have their space. I mean, limits. Close the door. If it's going to frustrate you, close the door. Or, you know, does an earring mean – I know you're smiling, you're thinking something else. But, look, it's about letting a teenager – you know, if if it's beyond a joke, then that's different, and it's compromising. Look, say, tidy this up. I'm not going to be fussed that you're leaving these on the floor, but you you know, you have limits. I think Jordan Peterson, you know who he is, right? Yeah. He says, uh, you know, never let your children. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, so don't sue me. Your pockets are deeper than mine, Mr. Peterson. But uh, never let your children do things that will make you not like them <laughs> or something okay. to that effect. Yeah. Or, you know, or don't allow that behavior. What's your but opinion what's, on that? Yeah, but when you say that, is does leaving your pair of jeans on the floor – is that an issue for this big catastrophe and Should massive be. fight? I would another think one. So. I yeah. was like, there was another parent that was saying, "Oh, you know, my child doesn't have a shower before bed, and I've changed the sheets, and yada yada, and screaming, carrying on." And yeah. the parent's got this massive anxiety and stress and pulling her hair out. And I'm thinking, well, does it really matter? Why, why, why do you think that's the case? Is but, that because she can't oh, control another aspect of her life, or well, why? Why would she be? Because I, I see parents that freak out about that stuff, and I'm like. Dude, why why are you starting World War Three when it's unnecessary? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If he wants to sleep in dirty sheets, let him sleep in dirty sheets. What matter does that? What does it matter? Is that going to make a difference tomorrow? You know, it's his choice. He he's fifteen. Let him do it. I mean, I'm not saying go roll around in mud and then jump in bed. Mm-hmm. There's limits to everything. But pick I mean, your battles. It, pick it, your battles. Yeah. Is there? Is there? Yeah. But as a parent, is it? I mean, you're a mother of four, and I've yep. met all your kids, and they yep. seem hyper well-adjusted. Yep, yep. You know, and, and squared away. So, I mean, as as a mother yourself, and also okay. as a professional. Yep. You know, well, I mean, I'm. How would you pick your battles? Okay. You know, so. like I mean, because I mean, if the kid won't eat his broccoli, I mean, yeah, you want him to eat vegetables, but at what point do you draw the line? You know, I mean, where, where, you know. Well, look, I'm, I'm a pretty calm person in general, so I. Well, never... I bet your husband, you'd have to be. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just I'm just <laughs> no, that's right. Well, you know what? To I be honest, him. I love him, and you know. To be honest, when I was younger, I had to be a perfect. I had, be, I've, you know, have anxiety. I had to be. A, I was a perfectionist, OCD. But then once you have kids, you realise, well, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's not going to happen. Who, yeah. who is this affecting? It's affecting my health, my yeah. mental health. Yeah. So, so be it. So be it. Um, especially the new parents when they're just having babies. You know what? Or oh, I had a baby. Be easy on yourself. You're doing the best you can. Mm. Just get through the day. Tomorrow's another day. Mm. And that's what you've got to think as well, bringing up children. If they're throwing a tantrum and don't want to eat their broccoli, so what? Is the world going to end because they're not eating broccoli? Give so him maybe a, a com- compromise. Yeah. Compromise. With kids, you can still make the choice. For example, you could say, okay, I've got broccolis and carrots. Which one do you want? You're choosing the vegetable, but you're letting them choose, mm. giving them that autonomy that they're choosing. Okay, I'm going to have carrots. And when they say Whatever. neither, what do you do? Well, you have to choose. Which one do you want? <laughs> Basically, okay. which one do you want? Wheat, bix or cornflakes? 
Which uh, one do you want? You're choosing the healthy breakfast, uh-huh. but they feel that they're choosing as well. Yeah, I think that's key is giving them the feeling that they have some control and Absolutely. say over what they're doing, mm-hmm. which gives them confidence for later in life, I would imagine. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that's some great stuff. We're going to hear more great stuff from Daphne after these messages. We're back with Daphne Vassiliou, Director of Changing Lives Counseling and Consulting Services, and the brand new proud parent of a bouncing baby app. Oh, yes. Do you want to tell us about your new app real quick? Well, like I said before, it's on uh, Google Play and App Store. Um, It has eight free meditations, guided meditations. Now... Um, it's just pretty much to calm the mind, a busy mind, because normally what we do um, with anxious thoughts, we're thinking about future events or past events, and it's about training our brain to think to the present moment. So using guided meditation is the perfect way to do it. So um, different topics, you can choose the topic of your choice. There's different voices. Um, I know some people say, oh, meditation doesn't work for me. You know what? That's because you haven't found the right one that will suit you. Mm. So there's different voices that you can use, um, different lengths. There's breath work. A lot of the time to help us calm ourselves down, um, doing breathing exercises always helps calm down. Meditation is another fancy word for thinking, ain't it? Um, well, it's bringing yourself to the present moment. Yeah, thinking about what's going on there at that moment. So You're listening of, to the words of someone so, telling you. Yeah. So it's kind of funny to say thinking doesn't work for me. Well, it does work. <laughs> it <laughs> you does know, work. You said people say meditation doesn't work for me. Thinking doesn't work for me. Well, no, because the thing is people got busy minds. Their mm. mind's always jumping. And I don't know if you've – have you ever tried meditation, guided meditation? Yes, I have, yes. And how did you go with it? I was fine. You're okay? Yeah. You yeah. could focus on the voice? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. that's good. Because I do hear, especially with people with ADHD and um, their, their mind's constantly bouncing around thinking about this and that and – so it's about training your brain to think mm. in the present moment. Mm. So yeah, and then there's also good for children. They've got you've got the white noise. Um, we've got the rain and thunder. Nat- nature sounds always helps fall asleep for those who have struggle, who struggle sleeping. Well, you're doing all this great work with adults as far as helping them figure out who they are and the relationship counseling and the weight management and the anxiety and and all this other stuff you're doing. Mm -hmm. But you're also uh, doing some work as – in education with yep. some primary students. I mean, yep. I guess you start out with adults and then went to high school kids, yep. and now you found that the thing you love the most is working with the with the children, um, you know, when they're Absolutely. younger. Can you tell us how that you came to that conclusion? Okay, so I did start with adults in mental health first, and it's um, I say this story all the time. Even at my interviews that I've been, um, I had a couple of clients in with working with adults with mental health problems they said if i only had the opportunity for someone to help me when i was younger i wouldn't be put in this position that i am now and we're talking homeless or you know broken down family relationships and things like that so from there i had the opportunity to move into a high school into the high school sector which a uh, non-government um, sorry and that's where it began because i thought you know what this is great early intervention and i can help the adolescents before they get to adulthood, how give them all the tools and strategies, how to help themselves. That's build resilience, relationship, friendships, um, assertive communication, learn the communication strategies. Um, and then from there, I, not by, it wasn't my choice, but I ended up working in um, primary school. 
and I absolutely love it and I'm so happy to be with the primary, in the primary school setting. I love working with the young children. The things you hear is mm. unbelievable. But also working with them and also it's actually um, World Health Organization said that one in seven children suffer with anxiety. So a lot of what walks through the door is anxiety. Wow. That's crazy. Mm. I, I read somewhere that your personality is somewhat intact by the age of eight. I mean, is that? Well, they say a child by the age of three, depending on their from zero to three, um, that impacts them. The most? Their, yeah. In, um, wow. Their behavior growth. Hmm. Yeah, that's the most important. Hmm. So you said that one in seven children struggle with anxiety. So I imagine that's a lot of your work with the kids at the school. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so we have anxious kids that come through. Well, actually, there's a lot of school refusal. I've noticed that there's a lot school of... School refusal. So they don't want to get to school. They're too anxious to get to school, whether mm -hmm. it be because they're... Well, you've got to find the reason why, mm -hmm. but it's getting them to school in a safe place, making them feel safe and comfortable to be at school. Um, and then finding out what the reason is behind those anxious thoughts. Is it because they're getting bullied? Um, is it because they don't want to leave mum and dad behind? Um, yeah, there's a variety of reasons. Or the parents are anxious. Maybe mum's anxious and, you know, that trickles down onto the child. So <laughs> that's, yeah, so there's anxiety and then there's also the bullying that happens, friendship problems, a lot of friendship problems. So anxiety... Um as far as that goes, is that more of is that a is that a more of a male child problem or a female child problem or is it the same? Is it what is there differences? What's the? No, it's pretty much the same. I, I see it the same. Okay, it, it just depends. Yeah, it depends on the child. Um, I remember a psychiatrist saying to me that you're actually born with anxiety. So, mm. so be it. so you're born, but as when you're younger. You don't realise. You just go out and do when you're like, a, you know, in your first few years of school. Mm -hmm. I mean, before you go to school, zero okay. to six, you might have anxiety, but you don't realise it. But as you get older, you think, oh, okay, what's that feeling? What's that doing to my body? Why am I feeling like this? And then you start to overthink and then you realise when you get help. So how would you define anxiety and how do you help these kids? So anxiety presents in many different ways. For different people but mm -hmm. it's pretty much the same even in adults you will feel like the heart palpitations your heart's beating really fast a lot of children say they got a sore stomach mm -hmm. um sweaty um clammy hands um so yeah these are all symptoms of anxiety and it, your body goes into a fight flight or freeze mm -hmm. so it's going away it's it's the body's way of reacting to a threat but anxiety is false alarm bells it's not a real threat but you're mind is thinking that there's a threat so that's why it's going into this fight flight or freeze mm. which obviously back when we were running around in the jungle made sense when there were predators and things yeah. but it doesn't help you so much on the no but it makes hopefully it, there are no predators on the playground <laughs> the other kids beating you up or anything but, but yeah but it's a good it, actually this awareness is really good even for teachers because i don't mm -hmm. know if you remember but back in your classroom was there a child that would always run out the class? Did you ever remember a child that would run out the class? Or another child that would yell at the teacher and scream at the teacher and um, argue back? Mm. Or there's always a child that would sit there and just look at the teacher. They all fight, fly, fly and freeze. Uh -huh. that's, their, that's their way of responding to a threat. 
when they mm. feel anxious. Mm. So, so what do you do with that child? I mean, how do you help that kid that's got anxiety? Well, I help them understand what anxiety is uh-huh. and the reason why their body is reacting in the way it's reacting. And then I will help them um, work out ways they can self-regulate. So um, I will say things like, okay, when you're feeling like this and you're feeling stuck, remember that your feet are not glued to the floor. You can actually walk out the class or ask the teacher if you can go to the toilet. Maybe put a bit of cold water on your face, reset, and then go back. There's also breathing exercises. I teach them some breathing exercises that may help them again every student is different as to what helps that child Um, maybe drawing journaling coloring in is another one that helps kids Um, some like to draw Um, or thinking closing your eyes and thinking of your safe space or a happy place that makes you feel safe Mm. so these are all little different things that you can help a child learn how to do when they're feeling anxious I sort of say, sorry to interrupt you there, but I sort of say like when someone's got having an asthma attack, they will grab their puffer mm-hmm. to help them breathe because they know that's going to help them breathe. The same with anxiety. If you're feeling anxious, what are the tools that help you? What strategies help you? Yeah. And if there are any parents listening that might need some help with one of their children, you're avail- how would they contact you? So they can just look up Changing Lives Counselling and Consulting Services on Google and I should pop up. Okay. And, um, yeah, otherwise I am uh, 22 O'Connell Street, North Adelaide. My sign's there. Um, and, yeah, you can certainly make an appointment. All right. Do I give my mobile number out or not? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so my mobile number is work mobile is 0450-816194. And I have to let everybody know that you are a married woman. Okay, because you these are only people that uh, want to get the help. Get yes, help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be back in just a little bit with Daphne, and she's going to talk about uh, how she helps out boys with HAD. Oh, I can't even speak English. ADHD, and I'll be practicing my English over the break. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, eighty-seven point six FM. Yet again, we're back with Daphne Vassiliou, the Director of Changing Lives Counseling Consulting Services. Uh, you can contact her on... 0450 All right. And uh, in the last session, we were talking a little bit about anxiety uh, and how she helps out children with anxiety. We're going to switch gears here for a second, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh ADHD which is kind of a a problem that she says she's uh been working with a lot of boys primarily with I think you said boys yeah, primarily yeah mostly boys so can you tell us a little bit about first what is ADHD and and uh you know how uh you, and it seems to me there might be some misdiagnosis of it or leaping to diagnose well, people as that let me interrupt I mean, you because yeah. I don't diagnose I'm yeah, a counselor I don't give any diagnosis I'm just saying that kids that come and see me have already got a diagnosis okay great so um it's for me it's just children that are very hyperactive uh-huh. and their mind is constantly working overtime and because of that they have to keep fidgeting that's what they do so it's um I just tell parents and the children that I see is, you know, have some sensory toys there. So if you need to fidget, you've got some fidgety things to do. Or if the teachers are pretty good, actually, in schools, they know the kids and they'll send them out for a, a quick run, exert some energy, or they give them some brain time or 
you know, sit down and eat food, some kind of distraction. Just when they see that the kid's tired, the child's tired, teachers are pretty good with keeping on top of them. Aren't yeah. those kids usually brighter than, than the average kids too? I, I, to be honest, I think everybody's special in their own way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe in, you know, everyone's got beautiful special qualities that they can work on. You mm-hmm. don't have to be academic. You could be, you know, um, creative. You can be an entrepreneur. You know, everyone is created to be their own being and work in a field that helps them and works well for them or a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends. Whatever a child likes, or that's what you should encourage and focus on that. Mm. Yeah, but with ADHD, like I said, it's usually the kids that I do see or the ones in the private space or school is usually the behaviour behind it. But it's identifying, okay, why is this behaviour happening? What's going on? Listening to the child again. If they're telling you something, you just need to spend that extra few minutes listening to them. Yeah. So are you seeing kids that uh, primarily are having disciplinary problems because they have ADHD? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it, it becomes look, if you're if you're a teacher and you've got a class of twenty five and you've got one child that's bouncing off the walls and you know, it's really hard to keep that child, you know, doing their work when you've got another twenty four to look after. So yeah, like I said, teachers are pretty good and trained in that field. So, and, and besides, you know, maybe giving them a run or, or having them some to- a toy they can fidget with, what else do you do to help them to, you know, what what skills Look, do you help I, them build for the rest of their life to help them in, when they in school and when they leave school? Okay, so the children that I've seen, it's usually just um, the parents go straight to a doctor, and I rec- you know I re- say, look, go see your GP, see what the GP can re- recommend. But also um, I did go to a professional development where a doctor was saying about food. The food impacts the way a child behaves and it will either make them more hyperactive or calm. So usually um, sugar mm-hmm. um, is a problem. So it's about maybe eliminating some sugar. But like I said, I'm not a professional in that field. I don't know. Mm. I just, yeah. Well, you see a lot of, I guess you're seeing a lot of bullying in school oh. now. Bullying's always there. Okay. From, even back in my day, I remember there was always bullies. So I guess it's just teaching children resilience, how to build that resilience and how to communicate how they feel if someone is bullying them and being able to go access the people that can help them if they feel they can't. So that's like going to a teacher or an adult that's close by, saying how they feel, being assertive and saying, stop it, I don't like it. Um, and if that doesn't go to plan, then, like I said, get an adult involved. If they don't come forward then the school can't help them, so they need to come forward when they're getting bullied. So let's let's just take both sides here, mm-hmm. okay? Okay. So let's take the kid that gets bullied. Yep. How, how would you help him or her? So, again, I would um, teach them how to what stand communication, up stand up for yeah. themselves mm-hmm. and communication. I actually use this analogy, which I've heard from someone else. So, um, for example, Matt, if I was to say about you, I'd say, okay, Matt, I'm going to go spread rumours that you got purple hair, right? And this is what I'll tell the child. You've got purple hair, Matt. Matt, do you have purple hair? No, but at my age, I'm happy that I have hair. Yep. So in that case, like I'd say to the student, they say, no, I don't have purple hair. I said, well, that what doesn't matter what I say about you when it's not even true. I'm spreading a rumour about you, but you know that it's not true. So what doesn't matter what I say about you? And that goes with the other kids. If they're spreading a rumour about you, um, what does it matter? Who are they to you know? Who are they to you? Are you going to know them in five, six years' time? Is it going to matter when you leave school? 
No, it's not. So it's just building resilience. Um, and again, like I said, it's communication, telling them to stand up for themselves and say, stop it, I don't like it, go away. If you do that again, I'm going to tell the teacher. Um, yeah. So. What about, uh, what do you do for the kids that are actually, do you see the kids that are that are doing the, the perpetrators? Yeah. Absolutely. So firstly, I would also... Um, once I've seen the child that's getting bullied um, and given them those skills of how to speak up for themselves, I'll say to them, would you like me to bring such and such in and we can have a mediation um, and we can talk about it? If they say yes, then I'll organise for the other students to come in if it's a group or one-on-one and then I'll say, well, what's going on? Where's the communication breakdown? Why are you doing Mm -hmm. this? Or they'll say, oh, well, they did this to me. And it's just talking about it, unpacking it, figuring why they're doing that and telling them pretty much enough's enough. Like, you know, treat someone how you would like to be treated. Mm. Yeah. Do you find that the the kids that are doing the bullying – you know, need more support than the kids that are actually they being do. bullied. Usually. Yeah, they do. I mean, the, not not to mm-hmm. say that. No, know. that's true. No, no, it's true what you're saying because usually, once I've done that, and then I I will observe and see, and I'll say, hey, do you want to catch up with me after? I'd like to have a chat with you. And then when I do have a chat with them, I realise that they're getting bullied at home, or there's a lot of dysfunction at home, so they're getting other, you know. Um, I don't know if I should say it on radio, but the parents may be being a bit abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come to school, they're being the abuser. Mm. So that's, yeah, so we work on that and work, you know, again, let's work on how we can build those relationships at home. Is it, so is it a lot of it their modeling behavior they see at home? Absolutely, mm. 100%. How, how often, this is maybe off the topic and maybe you don't. You know, okay. Don't know the statistics on this, but how often is it that they're, you know, maybe their parents are getting divorced and they've just got this stress mm-hmm. and uncertainty, yeah, and they just don't know how to handle, yeah. That's so actually lashing out at other people because they don't know what to do. That's actually a big one because I do see a lot of separation, uh-huh. parents separating, and what's really sad is that parents use the child as the middle person, mm. and mum will say, "Oh, your dad's this, this, and this," and then. The dad will say, oh, your mum's this and this. Like, they'll they'll put the child in the middle, and it's mm. so unfair. Like, I had a child that said to me, oh, mum and dad are getting divorced, but we might have to move out of our house because dad doesn't earn enough money to pay the bills and cover the mortgage. Okay. And we're talking about a seven-year-old. Great. And I said, who told you that? And he goes, oh, dad told me. And I said, okay, you know what? Dad's an adult, and he's been dealing with adult problems for a long time. You don't need to be worried about that. You know, it's pretty sad, but it, it happens. And that's where parents, yeah. and you have the conversation with the parents after. They say, don't put the children in the middle. You want to, you know, mm. talk to your wife directly, not the child. It's unfair. Mm. Do you, I mean, in the United States, they have this, they, there's been a lot of challenges in the last couple decades with, you know, people that have been bullied, uh, you know, re- taking their rage out on other students and faculty, mm. um, you know, in, in a dramatic way in some cases. Um, have you seen anything like that in Australia that potential, you know, anything potentially like that? I have. I've had uh, one student that had um, disclosed to me. And I did say to, like I tell all my clients, is that everything we speak about in the room is confidential unless Mm -hmm. you say you're going to harm yourself or harm someone else, then that's something I can't hold confidential. I need to protect you and the people around you. Mm. And I did have a student that disclosed that uh, he 
obviously I would see him for bullying. He was getting bullied. He thought he was getting bullied, but it was his interpretation of events. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was going to come back and maybe hurt a few people, including Mm. staff and Mm. students. So I said to him, you know, you better stop there because if you keep going, I'm going to report this. And then I had to report it. And But uh, the positive of that story is that this student then came back and found me in my private practice to tell me how he has now gone. um, He's studying law because he wants to help the vulnerable like himself. So, um, yeah, he was excited to tell me that. And, yeah, so he did really well. Yeah. So a success story from one of your most troubled children to, to, uh, you know, to a highly respected attorney, basically. Yeah, well, hopefully. Hopefully he comes and sees me when he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Any other success stories you want to share real quick? Well, look, another – with counselling – Generally, you don't see the good side to it because you're only seeing them when they're down Mm. at their absolute worst. But another one that gave me a little bit of comfort was a student who um, was going to take his own life. Oh, wow. Um, And then he had come back to see me and he said to me, you know, Daphne, I just wanted to come and see you one last time. I said, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Um, but I wanted to talk to you first. And then obviously I put all the things in place and then we, yeah, the police and ambulance came and all the rest of it that I made contact with. But the fact that he came back to talk to me for one last time and he wanted to connect with me, it's like he was reaching out that I want your help. Mm. So it was, yeah, that that makes me feel good that at least I'm there and I'm helping and he's okay now? Yeah, he's okay now. Yeah, he's doing well. He's wow. doing well. And think about that. I mean, I, and again, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or make you feel uncomfortable, but, you know, you, you impacted that life. Yep. And how many lives is that guy going to impact, yep. you know, in a positive way? And, and this is the reason and, I do and, it. And you turn this, this kid that was, you know, I don't want to be, you know, whatever, but a potential, you know, Statistic. all over the news Statistic. kind yep. of guy. Yeah. Into somebody that's making a real uh, positive contribution to society, and God knows how many people he's going to turn around and help. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's that is that is truly exciting stuff. So, um, well, let's uh, talk. Let's talk a little bit about uh, you know how. Again, I just want to do one more plug because that's so oh, great. App. Yep. Yeah, tell us. Sorry. Tell us, for the people just tuning in, tell us about your app. Tell us how they can contact you so yep. you, they can get uh, some some help from somebody that's yep. had such great successes. Okay. So, again, um, my app is available on App Store and Google Play. Um, it was actually built by um, Adelaide own company froth apps um they're on 22 o'connell street i think i mentioned that um great guys um to build any app idea that you have um i collaborated with also kick and box where they were doing the fitness side of my app they just did some um yeah videos for that but it's all about a holistic approach to well-being so you got your guided meditation your nutrition your motivational speeches your well-being podcast which you can listen to about different topics about school school refusal how to um fight fairly um relationships and actually with that one with the podcast i actually collaborated with a um another social worker that i used to work with and he owns his own uh counseling business fit and well so he does exercise based therapy which is also very good so yeah so that's that's it but get on it 
Wow, I wish we had more time because there's so much more great stuff to get into, but unfortunately that's all we have. And I just want to say thank you again, Daphne, uh, for being here with us. And I want to thank Mark Aston for paneling for us. And most of all, I want to thank all of you for listening. And as always, I'm going to leave you with a brief inspirational message. She was born to poverty. By the age of five, she was nearly blind. At eight, her mother died of TB and her father left all three of his children. She and her brother were sent to a poorhouse. Four months later, her brother died of TB too. She had three more failed eye operations. The poorhouse had so many reports of cruelty, sexual abuse, and even cannibalism that an investigation was launched. It was led by the man who founded the Perkins School for the Blind. On one visit, this little girl leaped in front of him, and she begged him to let her go to school there. He let her in. She didn't fit in, though. She was rough, uneducated, and poor, not like the people who had been sent there by their well-off parents. Regardless, she graduated valedictorian. She learned finger speaking and had several more eye operations to improve her vision. Upon graduation, she was thrust out into the world with no support network, no money, and the obvious disadvantages we've already talked about. Her headmaster luckily found her a job in the Deep South for a family that until just recently had owned slaves. As a poor northerner, she obviously didn't fit in there either. She became a tutor for a seven-year-old girl who had lost her sight and her hearing at 19 months. The child was undisciplined and had no way to communicate. After months of effort, there was no progress at all in communicating with the child. She threw all her education out the window and focused on trying to make a connection with the child, partly by making the child completely reliant upon her. Eventually, a breakthrough. Later, the child, Helen Keller, became the first deaf-blind person to receive a bachelor's degree. At 22, Helen Keller wrote her autobiography. Over 140 years later, it is still in print in over 50 languages. She wrote 13 more books and also founded HKI, which combats blindness in 22 countries. She co-founded the ACLU and was an early backer of the NAACP. Helen and her teacher, Anne Sullivan, were involved in women's suffrage, labor rights, disability rights, and promoted world peace. Helen was awarded the highest civilian honors available in Brazil, the Philippines, Japan, Lebanon, and the United States. She was nominated multiple times for the Nobel Prize. Many universities, like Harvard, gave them both honorary degrees. They befriended presidents, first ladies like Eleanor Roosevelt, actors like Charlie Champlin, and authors like Mark Twain, who called Anne Sullivan the miracle worker. What do they teach us? Well, one thing they teach us is it doesn't matter where you start out. It's where you end up that matters.
Would anyone truly think that Ann Sullivan, a poor, blind orphan girl, would go on to directly and indirectly inspire millions, as well as help millions more through her activism? Would anybody really believe that decades before women could vote, that a blind and deaf seven-year-old girl named Helen, who could not behave, much less even communicate with the world around her, would later be found to have the exact same IQ as Albert Einstein. We also learn that we should ask for what we want without fear. What if Anne, as a young child, hadn't begged to be educated? Both she and Helen Keller would lie in obscure graves, and all of their contributions would have been lost. We're also reminded that one person can make a big difference in someone else's life as Ann Sullivan did in Helen Keller's. And that person can go on and make a big difference in others' lives. And that's how we change the world for the better. And finally, we are reminded that there are two kinds of people in the world and two kinds of people listening to this show. The first who will give up on themselves because they don't think they can. They will also give up on others because they don't believe in them either or they think it's too hard or not worth the effort. And then there's the other kind of person who does believe in themselves, who will try even if they and others think all is lost and will not give up in what they think is best for themselves and for their fellow man. The real question is, as always, which one are you?